I want to begin by saying thank you to the church family for your graciousness to us on behalf of Allison. And um, throughout the fall, Pastor Appreciation and Christmas, you've been so gracious to us. You've written us notes, you've given us cards, you've left gift bags, and uh, some we know who left them and some we don't. But thank you for thinking of us. We really appreciate that, and we, we really mean we appreciate every thought and every gift and every card, anything that you do to encourage us. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm going to sound like an old man this morning because I'm getting there, but although I don't act it all the time, hopefully, but I preached my first message 40 years ago this fall. Can you believe that? It just kind of dawned on me that in, in uh, 1983, I preached my first message. Now, Allison's not near that old. She's a lot younger than I am. But I think back of all the gracious people that I've known through those years of ministry. And uh, there have been a lot of them. But I think this church has more than any church I've been in. So thank you for just being gracious and for thinking of us, praying for us, and encouraging us. And I know John and Karen would say the same. Well, one thing I have learned from those 40 years is that we don't celebrate enough the victories that we have and the little things that we kind of take for granted that pass by and we rush to the next thing and we don't look back and say, thank you, Lord, for what you did in our lives this year. So we're going to celebrate a little bit this morning, okay? We have a series of videos and photographs and uh, we're going to move from one to the other, and, and uh, I'll kind of walk the, the uh, media crew through that here this morning. But even before we begin that, uh, I want to say thank you to our volunteers at Trinity Community Church, because do you realize that on any given Sunday morning, we have about 30 people working behind the scenes to make Sundays happen? And uh, we walk in ready to preach, and, but we couldn't be ready if you weren't doing those things behind the scenes. And uh, I just think of the people that come in early to make coffee. The musicians are here. The sound and the media, uh, those guys are always faithful, and they, they're uh, on their game. And, uh, and then you go down the list to teachers, um, nursery workers, children's church workers, greeters, ushers, our safety team, none of this happens by itself. And so I would like to say thank you to all of our volunteers this morning, and I want you to help me do that. <clears throat> because we, we have a great group, and we're looking for some more, okay? We're going to be sharing that and sharing opportunities for you to get involved and have a place of service here at Trinity there's no probation period, okay? When you come in, you can get started. So don't feel like uh, you have to wait. We want you to get involved immediately. Okay, um, we're going to begin to review 2023, okay? We just have some highlights of some things we recorded. We didn't record everything, but uh, if the guys are ready back there, uh, Wes, we're just going to kind of, we're going to work through the months. We're going to go from April to June to July to October, November, December. And some of these are videos of events, and uh, some of them are just photographs. But uh, as we work through those this morning, probably kill the lights there in the middle at least. And uh, I think the first thing we have 
uh, is the egg hunt. Do we have a video with the egg hunt last April, Easter? was a great time, wasn't it? It looks like people, everybody had enough eggs, right? And the, most of them were very obvious. But we had a great, great time that day. In June, we had a few people that went on a mission trip in Guatemala. And uh, here are their pictures, uh, Karen and Caitlin and Patrick. And uh, so uh, they had a great time there. And I know God worked in their hearts. Then VBS. VBS is always a big event here at Trinity, and so
That was great, wasn't it? <clears throat> Thank you, all you who served in VBS. One of the events that's becoming one of my favorite <clears throat> is the river baptism. you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hold your notes. <laughs> As you can tell, we really enjoy that as pastors. And we look forward to baptizing many more in 2024. One of the events that probably takes some of the most effort is the fall festival. So we have more footage of it than anything. This is a little bit longer, but it's well worth watching. So let's, uh, let's play that one. This probably impacts our community as much as anything. We really have a lot of guests that come in and feed them, and everybody gets a pumpkin. was rigged by the way <laughs> that was a great time wasn't it <clears throat> and then we just have some uh, pictures I think of our mission summit and maybe uh, caroling and some other things that we did later on in the fall the Christmas play <clears throat> this was operation Christmas child filling Christmas boxes and we had a great time we in the, in the New River Valley we're a drop-off point most of you are aware for uh, this area and I believe John did we have about 3,000 shoe boxes that were 4,700 wow I had not heard a final update on that that's about twice what we have sometimes in it so that that is great we had to, we had to make several trips to take all those and but here are some photos of our kids and and then we go to Mission Summit not long ago, we remember these guys that were here and who challenged us. And um, I 
Kids Mission Summit as well. And then here we are at Linden Green Caroling. We had a good number of people who went to Linden Green this year. Is that everything we have for right now? One more. A call the Christmas play. We definitely still remember that, don't we? We want to give an encore for that because it was... It was tremendous. Well, that's a lot in a year for a church our size, isn't it? And I cannot say how much we appreciate every person who volunteers and who uh, gets involved in, in those ministries. So if you want to turn the lights back up, um, <clears throat> I also want to just tell you something you may not know. This year at Christmas, some interesting things happened with families in our community. We had the Agape Center here for our mission summit. And the, uh, the director there mentioned to me that they had some families that needed help for Christmas. And would we help? I said, sure. She sent me a list of 17 families that needed help, and I was a little bit overwhelmed. I said, uh, we will do the best that we can. Well, uh, I gave them to a key person whom you know if you were approached by her, and we were able to fill all 17 of those requests, and we're talking significant, uh, basically a Christmas for a family. These are like, some of them up to $100. So 17 families. Then we had another person who stopped by, a grandmother, who said, we had a fire, I have two grandsons I'm raising, I have nothing for Christmas. Somebody stepped in and filled, two people filled that one. And then we had, uh, or one person filled that one. Then we had an email from a young mother and uh, she was, had two kids, two or three kids and lives with her mom and she was uh, raising her nieces as well and lots of needs. And two of you stepped up and filled that. And I, I was just amazed. We had 19 families at least that we know of that we helped this Christmas. And so I think that deserves some, <clears throat> some thanks and some praise. And that was just a really special thing that happened here this year. There are other things that we didn't record, men's conferences, women's ministry groups, but we have a couple of groups that are really exciting. I'm gonna ask Christopher to come up here if he would and just tell us a little bit about the young adult group uh, this group's been meeting for a while, but kind of picking up some momentum. Uh, we're looking for others. He can tell you who's, who qualifies for this. And Christopher, just give us a little update of how the young adult group went this year. Will do, yeah. Good morning, Good morning everyone. Uh, as Pastor Brian uh, mentioned, I, I lead the study for the young adult group. I really do it with my whole family, uh, my, my wife, my, my dad, my mom, and my brother. My brother cooks for us most Fridays, so if you've had his cooking, it's wonderful. You, you never go hungry. He always has plenty to take home, especially for you all that are young and uh, your young adult years, whether you're in college or not in college, you know, food's always a valuable commodity to have. So uh, that's one thing. Yeah. So for the young adult group, yeah, we've been meeting. Um, it's been, my parents started, took, started it when I was still uh, in the military. Then when I came back, I uh, kind of was taking over leading the study portion of it. And we were, we've been uh, this fall going through the book of Luke. And so the way it kind of runs is <clears throat> we have a little bit of, we have a dinner, kind of meet at 6 o'clock, and we just have dinner, and then we have uh, a little bit of study there at the end. And so it's kind of relaxing at the end of the week on Fridays. Most people are tired, worn out. It's not designed to be really like, you know, to hurt your brain when you leave here, but it's kind of a time of like fellowship because as, as we realize that young adults really, uh, they're kind of 
starting life out, and there's a lot of challenges. So if you're out of high school, it's kind of what the, the starting age is, and then to however you feel to be a young adult, uh, it's kind of where we leave it at. So, you know, you can be, you know, 45 for all we care if you feel like you're a young adult, you know. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's kind of what we do. So a little bit about our group. We, uh, we meet on Friday nights here at the church because we're all kind of spread all over the place, so we found the church is the best location. So uh, right now we're kind of on a break, but next, this upcoming Friday we'll start back up. So if you're interested, uh, have any questions, just I'll be out back after we finish up here. But if you're interested, just feel free to come. We're not going to uh, bite you or anything kind of weird like that. We're just happy to have people to have fellowship and to have a wonderful time to help other young believers in their walk and encourage one another. All right. Thank you, Christopher. Patrick, thank you for all that cooking. While we're thinking about meals, we serve dozens of meals here this year, and all the cooks do such a great job. The Wednesday night group that comes says, I cannot believe you do this for us. And it is the glue that holds everything together, nothing like a good meal and some fellowship. And so thank all of you who helped prepare a meal or clean up afterward or mop the floor or whatever you did this year. There's another group that we're really excited about, and we're excited about them all. There's, there's like 20 groups that meet at different times here through the year. There's a list out in the foyer from the fall. We'll be updating those. Some of those are meeting uh, right away. Some of them are taking a little break, but you can, uh, you can get on our website and on Church Center and find out what those are. But I'm going to ask George Dash if he would come up because... Um, we talked about needs here at Trinity, and George is very capable teacher and always willing to do something. And he started a group this year that's continuing yes. called Sharing Your Faith. And I would just like you to share a little bit about that, George, and what your plans are for this year. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> They're still awake. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> the great thing about Trinity is if there's a group that you want, to belong to or a subject you're looking for and it isn't available, they'll help you make it available. And one of those this year was um, regarding sharing our faith. So we started a group in September and we wanted to learn how to be better at taking this treasure that God's given us. He's given us this treasure, the knowledge of eternal life. And we interact with people every day. I don't have to go knock on a door. There's people in my life every day, whether it's family, friends, neighbors, every day. There's people, and I know they don't have it. And for various reasons, I'm, I'm unable to transfer it. Maybe I'm afraid of something, or, or maybe I don't take the time. Or maybe I'm afraid they won't like me anymore. But there's all these obstacles. And that's not exactly something you can deal with through a class. Exactly. Not through training. We get Greg Laurie to teach us. We use his materials. But it has to be more than that. It has to be us confronting those issues, the very issues we struggle with. And so we do. Every week, we meet uh, 9.15 a.m. Sunday mornings back in the administrative center. We're for young and old, male and female. We have a uh, no obligation sampling. You can stop in any time and see what we're about. Sometimes it's hard to make a decision whether you want to participate or not. Well, come on in. 
no contracts, just come on in, see if it's for you. And um, we work through these issues. In fact, we've had so much success at it that we're going to take our other group that meets Wednesday nights concurrent with uh, Grief Share. Wednesday nights starting January 31st. 5.30 is one of those wonderful meals. <laughs> After that, we'll do class and we're gonna, we've been doing Behold Our God. In other words, we're studying our perception of God versus who God says he is in his word. Now, we know God wants us to take that treasure of eternal life and share it with those around it. He's entrusted that treasure to us. We want to be better at sharing it. So we're going to take that into our Wednesday night group, at least this, this time through. Before I talk more about our group, I'd like to let Aaron Akers come up. He's one of our participants. I'd, I'd like you to hear the group, not from my perspective as facilitator, but from his perspective as participant. Aaron? Thanks, George. I definitely want to say thank you to George and Terry uh, for doing a fantastic job leading this course, and I'm very thankful to hear that it's continuing. Um, you know, and they don't know this, but uh, at the same time I, they were being led to, to start this course, I had been praying about wanting to be able to share my faith with family members. It's been very interesting and fascinating and terrifying to me that really struggle with communicating faith to people who I generally am otherwise more comfortable with than anyone else. And I'd had this burden, and I'd prayed about it, and as God would have it, this, this class, um, it, it's been wonderful. And, you know, I, I am the introverted, quiet, awkward member of the Acres Quartet. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's particularly challenging for me just, just in general. So it great to be talking to all of you at one time. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, but, but you know, it's, um, the course is, has been really helpful for me in a variety of ways in, in learning about how to, sh obviously how to share a faith, but sort of breaking that down because there's a lot to unpack. And an example for me is learning to be able to use my story, right? Because it's about, as, as we're commanded to, to share the gospel, we one of the ways we, we can do this is we need to build relationships. And so it, it's, it's about how to, to build that relationship. And one of the ways that's helpful for me is being able to share my story with other people. And I've learned that the way I generally look at things, I sort of have this like an all or nothing kind of approach. I struggle when things, when I can't get the whole thing together. Um, and so it's been, it's been a, a challenging and a learning experience for me to be able to take a step back and just work on, on building that relationship and realizing that, you know, I don't need to wait for this magical moment to be able to share the gospel with, with my parents, right? If, if, if you're waiting for this huge moment to happen, this perfect day, you're going to miss your opportunity. It's about, it's about just celebrating these moments and talking and sharing your experiences and being able to to use that as your platform to talk about our God. And so this class has really helped to, in that way, build that relationship, but also to build a relationship with the members of the, of the class because not only in talking about the course, we're able to share with each other and learn about each other, and that's helping us build these relationships. It's going to ultimately strengthen all of that. 
Um, so I see, my, my prayer is that we continue to grow, that the class continues, and that we, we build each other up, and we learn more about sharing our faith. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, George. Thank you, Aaron. One of the great things that encourages a pastor's heart, of course, is when people come to know the Lord, but seeing people grow in their walk with the Lord. So uh, this is, we've highlighted this because this is continuing and we're expanding it. And that leads me to, to something that I want to share this morning. John's going to come and share in a moment, a little bit, and then we're going to go into our uh, family meeting. But I want to challenge you with two things this year. We want to emphasize prayer and evangelism. Asking God to work in the lives of other people because the truth is we can't do it anyway, can we, Aaron? We just have to let him work through us. And, and it's not up to us. It's up to him and that person. Everybody has uh, a free will. But we want to encourage this through prayer and through these uh, classes on evangelism. And this is our emphasis for 2024. We'll be saying more about it as we go. But to facilitate this, uh, I really believe that we go forward on our knees. Anything that happens requires God's power and his blessing and his going before us. And when, when you begin to pray and ask God to do something and then you see him open doors, you know, that pressure kind of lessens a little bit for us to somehow uh, reach somebody or convince somebody. We're just part of the, of the story and we're watching how God works and so we want to emphasize prayer this year. So to do that, we're going to have two times, two opportunities for a prayer group. For those of you who are available during the week, we're going to meet at 11 o'clock on Wednesday morning back in the Fellowship Center. And we'll announce this. We'll start this here in a couple of weeks. And we'll just come together for an hour or less. Um, <clears throat> we will have prayer requests. And by the way, if you have someone that you would like to see saved, let me know their name. And we will pray for them. And we will pray with you. And I've already been talking to people this morning about things they desire God to do in 2024, share those. Share them openly and we'll pray for it. We'll, we'll share it as broadly or as, as narrowly as you wish, but uh, we want to pray about urgent needs and especially people who need to know Christ. So we're going to do that on Wednesday morning. Wednesday night, you can come have the meal. We'll go back at about 6.30. If you don't want to do the meals, fine. Just come. We'll meet in here for about an hour and we will pray together. And we'll do small group prayer over <clears throat> needs that are in our lives and others. Then the other thing is evangelism. We want to help you share your story, like Aaron said. Everybody has a story. You know, everybody has someone who influenced them, somebody in your life. You can think right now of the one person who influenced you the most for the Lord in your life. Could have been a parent, could have been a friend, could have been a teacher. Could have been a pastor, but not necessarily so. Somebody cared enough about you to share about Jesus and how you could know him. And as a result, you're here this morning and you know the Lord. So there are people in your life that God wants to uh, use you in the same way. So come and join these classes. They're excellent. I can't say enough about it. They're very unique because I've been through a lot of evangelism classes and a lot of good ones and even led some here, 
but George and Terry have a way of taking parts from each one and adapting them really in a custom way to help you uh, with what you need. So that'll be Sunday morning, and you're starting next week back again, right? Okay. And then the 31st, we'll start on the Wednesday night. So two opportunities for, several opportunities for you there. Um, <clears throat> this might be the last year we have to share Christ. You know, the Lord's coming. Uh, sometimes we say when. Well, we don't know, but He knows. But there will be a day we'll look back and there'll be no more opportunities. So let's, let's take it seriously and let's commit it to the Lord. And we want to help you do that and we want to help facilitate that. So uh, let us know how we can help you. Well, we had a great 2023. Let's give the Lord a hand for the blessings and we look forward to 2024 and as we move into 2024 we'll be sharing uh, some things that you can get involved in ways that you can volunteer serve and receive a blessing from it and uh, we look forward to it so I'm going to let John come up now and share just a couple things I don't want to drink your water. <laughs> Excuse me. I just want to reiterate what Brian said about being thankful. Um, you know, when I came to Trinity, we had an opportunity to purchase a building over in now what's called Uptown. And we, we wanted to do that because we wanted to be like another church. It's, that's what kind of the push was. We evaluated everything about, you know, who we are. And one of the greatest mistakes you make in ministry is you go somewhere and you try to be what your people are not. And pastors come in with a certain vision and a mission and an agenda and they try to shove that down somebody's throat. And honestly, that doesn't work. Either the pastor kills the people or the people kill the pastor. So what we decided to do was just evaluate, you know, who are we? And honestly, it takes a long time for a church to get to know the pastor. And it takes a pastor a long time to get to know the church and the community. And so really what we wanted to do here in Christiansburg, God put us in an incredible spot. And for those of you who don't know, Trinity used to own all the way over to Cambria Street. We had a large lot here that was sold off years ago. And that's always remorseful for those who go through 101, I always grieve. But nevertheless, God put us here right in the middle of one of the busiest intersections in Christiansburg. And one of the things we wanted to do was change basically who we are as a church. Uh, I went around Christiansburg when I first came and interviewed people about Trinity. What do you know about Trinity? It was amazing to hear what people said. Some of them, some people never even knew we were here. There were so many bushes out front, you couldn't even see the building. And people were like, we didn't even know that was a church. And then, as you know, for a long time, there were no windows in the front, and a lot of people thought we were Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> Listen, folks, that's what they thought. And so, you know, we started thinking about our philosophy and what we were going to do to change this. And one of the things we wanted to do was start reaching people in our community so that if 
our church went out tomorrow, people would actually miss us. You know, one of the new trends that's coming up in the church is that many, many churches in 2024, 25, and 26, if Jesus tarries, hear me closely, will close their doors. They are forecasting church experts and like church answers and church, all these different people are analyzing giving. And what they're saying is, is that giving, especially to churches, is going to continue to decrease to such an amount that if you don't have faithful people, that it's really going to either close or there will be no paid staff. And this is just the reality of where churches are in America and in this section. So one of the things that we want to do as a church, we always want to be wise with how we live and how we give and how we spend, but we want to reach and meet the needs of our community. And one of the ways you do that is you reach people where they hurt and where they have a need. Two places that we know that people always have a need is death. You know, a lot of people struggle with how to deal with death. Everybody grieves differently. You all do realize that Grief Share started in this church from pain from my own family. My wife's brother took his own life, and this pushed her family into a dire crisis. How do you deal with that? How do you help a mother and a father-in-law deal with that? And by the way, pastors don't have all the answers. What that means is that we're a sinner that God entrusts to be able to help people and walk through pains of life together. We don't have everything together. Our family's broken and shattered just like yours, and we struggle uh, with family relationships and different issues in our family because we realize we can't change people, but God can. And when He uses you as an instrument of grace in someone's life, that is life-changing. And so my wife is the one, by the way, who had the burden to do this. She coupled with another family in this church who had a son who also ended his life, and they together formed this grief share. Interesting how it started out. Well, then we began to realize, you know what? 50 plus percent of Christiansburg and every population in the United States, there's another area where people hurt, and that is divorce. Do you realize that if you isolate yourself from people who have went through divorce or separation, then as a church, you're automatically saying 50% of the community don't come. Now, folks, let me tell you something. That is, that's not wise because sometimes people go through divorces with no fault of their own. So what does the church do to help them? Do we throw rocks at them? Do we tell them that, oh, you know, you can never serve again once you're divorced? Or do we say, let me tell you something. Sometimes problems happen in people's lives, but you, by God's grace, can overcome that. You can be successful, you can serve, and you can also have a very healthy, loving, spiritual, godly family. And we want to help you walk through that. And so what we decide to do as a church is, you know what, we need to change our, our culture change our outlook on how we deal with issues like this, and we want to help people from where they are to where God wants them to be. Since we did that, by the way, you know, there's been a lot of challenges in divorce care because it is a very, very difficult program. We have people come and they start it, 
And then, you know, it, it becomes a full-fledged pastoral ministry in a way. And it becomes overwhelming. And it's very, very demanding and time-consuming. We have a need for divorce care, by the way. And so we need facilitators for that. And one of, the, one of our philosophies at Trinity, and, and you'll see this, some of y'all get aggravated at me for it, but it's just how it goes. We will not start a ministry unless there is a person who God burdens their heart to do it. Because if Brian and I did every ministry in this church, I want you to hear me. If, and Brian is going to retire one day, by the way. He, you know, he's, he's 60s. And, and that's not old, by the way. I'm only, I'm only a few years behind him. And, you know, I will leave one day. <clears throat> and some people said, amen. Praise God for that. But I'm serious. Listen to me. Life happens, folks. People die off of unexpected ways. People, people get killed. And it, God knows this. We don't. And what we don't want is to have a church that's built on one person. And that's why you do not see me teaching five classes and doing everything. It's not that I'm afraid to serve or Brian is afraid to serve. But we realize that unless God burdens your heart for a specific ministry, then it's, it's really going to be a forced class or a forced issue. There are certain ministries here that we will hire people to do if we must. We have to have nursery. We have to have a children's ministry. If you do not have a thriving children's ministry in today's culture, your church will die. So you better hire a staff person to do children's church and nursery. Because if you don't, you will not get new families. And by the way, did you realize that when you do a a poll of a congregation... You better have 20% of your congregation as young people, young kids. I'm talking about children. 20%. That's the minimum. If you don't have that many in a congregation, your church is in trouble. And this is why on the staff level, you have to analyze things like this and start asking some serious questions. What are we going to do to reach these younger families and get them involved and plugged in because... One of our responsibilities is to train the next generation. And this is what we want to do with you, Mom and Dad. We want to help you train your kids and reach other children in the process and be able to make a healthy, thriving church. So this is essential. And let me tell you, God blessed me to be able to go around to many, many different churches Uh, Karen and I visited numerous churches while we were in missions. And then God brought me back to Trinity, which in many ways is my home. I don't want to be anywhere else but here. Um, And I don't say this in any boastful way. I have had plenty of opportunities to go somewhere. But I can tell you this. God has not released me from Trinity. And this is why I want to stay here because I see the potential in this church and I'm willing to wait to wait patiently to watch and see what the hand of God does as he moves over this church because I believe that we are I mean we are set in a perfect position now to really start meeting the needs of people and listen to me it is not about numbers I Trinity will never be a mega church I don't we don't want that but we want 
tight relationships with people here and people to develop a heart for people in our community that do not know Jesus. And hear me carefully, folks. Every person here has a circle of influence around you. And most people say that you and only you can impact at least six to eight people in your circle. Nobody else. You know them. You have built relationships with them. And God wants to use you in that circle. Can you imagine? Just look around at the chairs this morning. Can you imagine if each person here only had two people that you shared your faith with and they wanted to hear more about God and how He can change their life? We couldn't hold them. We'd have to do something. And that would be a wonderful problem that I am really, really excited to figure out how we're going to do it. But I am convinced that God can and will do that in our life. Now, I don't want to sit here and bore you all morning. I want to share one passage with you, and then we'll go into our challenge, okay? If it comes up, I'll turn my remote on, Wes. It's from Ephesians chapter 5, and it's talking about living wisely. Let me read this passage to you and then make three observations about this and then we'll finish, okay? Is that fair? All right, thank you. Ephesians 5, listen to what Paul writes. Look carefully then how you walk. Or it could be translated, walk carefully. Live wisely. Look carefully then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. I've been meditating on this passage this week. It is incredible. Listen to what Paul teaches us. Three lessons of life. Number one, our time on earth is limited. We, we heard this morning that God is not limited to time. You never have to worry about God dying. You and I will. Our days are, as James says, like a vapor. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? It's like a, a mist seen for a moment and then disappears. So keep that in mind as you live. You won't be here forever. So what you do with this life matters because it impacts your next life. Some of you may be here and you evaluate this last year and this is what you say to yourself. You know what? I am not as close to Jesus this year as I have been. What does God want you to do? He wants you to get close. Move closer. Don't move further away from Him. Move closer. He's there. He's waiting. You say, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, you talk to Him is the first thing you do. You talk to Him and tell Him what you want and that you need Him to help you do that. Friend, He will. He'll help you. 
But we don't have long. Our time is short. I used to think that people who were 50 were old until I got older than 50. I do not think that 50 is old anymore. I think that is a perfect age in life. <laughs> the problem is you can't stay there. And the next thing you know, you're 60. And then you're 70. And by the way, folks, bat your eyes and you're 80. If you live that long. And not everybody can look like Cliff Arnell at 80. But, but some of us don't even make it that long. A lot of people in my family didn't even make it to their 80s. We don't have good genetics. But nevertheless, life is short. Eternity is long. Make the time count. A second lesson, as Brian was mentioning earlier, take advantage of opportunities God sends your way. Paul says we are to live wisely. If you want to know what uh, unwise living is, then you go back up in chapter 4 and right above this passage and read what Paul tells people not to do. Don't do what you used to do in your unsaved life. You have to break those chains and start living wisely. If you want to know how to live wisely, read Proverbs. It's, a, it's amazing. It'll keep you away from debt. It'll keep you away from immoral people. Keep you away from thieves that want to get you in trouble. Keep you away from lazy people. I mean, it'll actually give you some kind of productivity to your life. Give you a challenge and a vision. Read it every day. A chapter corresponding with the month. We did that for years here at Trinity. Great way to start your morning. Take one proverb and ask God to help you live that through the day. But take advantage. When God leads an opportunity in your life like George was talking about, step into it. Don't be afraid of it. Overcome your fear. God is with you. Don't be afraid to tell people about what God is doing in your life. Never preach to people. They don't want to hear it. But you can tell people what God's doing in your life. They want to know, believe it or not. Because deep down in their heart, they have this desire as well. And it's put there because every person is made in God's image. So when an opportunity comes your way, take a step toward it. You would be surprised what God will do. And the third lesson, just to share, is that you and I both need to develop a greater understanding of what God's will is for our life. And what does Paul said? Understand what the will of the Lord is. I wish I could ask you, I wish I had 10 minutes to sit down with a cup of coffee and ask you, honestly, do you know what God's will for your life is? You know, there are at least five or six very clear places in the New Testament that say this is the will of God. One of, one of the, the absolute principles of God's will for your life is found in this passage, and that is to learn to be a thankful person. I think we can all work on that. I know I can. Uh, sometimes it's easy to be a pessimist, isn't it? I mean, you watch the news and you listen to this and you listen to that. We can become so bitter and so negative in our life that it's like toxicity to people. It's like poisonous. You do not need to do that as a believer because we have hope in Jesus. Folks, we are the people who should be the hope and the inspiration of the world. And one of the ways that we do that is by making a conscious decision to learn to give thanks in every circumstance. You know, when Paul said in Romans 8 that we know that all things work together for good 
to those who love God and are called according to His purpose? He didn't say everything is good. He said everything works out for good. That means even problems and heartaches and tragedies in my life and your life. God, in His masterful way, has a way of weaving all of that pain and hurt together to turn us more and more into the image of Jesus. He takes sadness, he takes depression, he takes anxiety, he takes bitterness. He allows us to experience that. And then he steps into our life and gives us the strength and the grace to overcome that. And we walk through it with him, guiding our way. And as we do that, and as we're giving thanks, this changes everything. The next time you have problems and pain, I challenge you to do something. Stop focusing only on that problem and start giving thanks to God for ways of dealing with this issue, for other things in your life you're grateful for. Folks, it will transform your life. We need to learn to be thankful. And that is one of the ways that we can live wisely. That's all I'm going to say today. I've got all kinds of other stuff, but the message was so good this morning. From the other end, we've got so much to celebrate that I'm just going to stop there. And I, I want to ask you a question. How can you live more wisely this year? How, how can you take advantage of the time God has given you? And how can you learn to be more thankful in 2024 than you were in 2023? And however and whatever that is, I challenge you this year to do that. God is working and he is transforming and he is doing great things in our church family and also in our personal life. And I think we should celebrate him and be thankful for what he's doing and what he's going to do. So let us give thanks to our wise and gracious Heavenly Father. Would you join me this morning? Let's pray and give thanks to Him. So, Father, we thank You for another wonderful year of 2023. We do look forward to 2024, and we pray this morning that You would help us as our prayer to You to live as wise people, to have understanding of how our world operates, of how things go, but to be able to view that from your perspective, because that is what wisdom really is, Father, is looking at things from your perspective. And help us, empower us, enable us to make decisions and choices that are wise and that honor you. And I pray most of all that you will help us as your people to be thankful. Teach us that even in pain and in problems, to learn to turn those into thanksgiving. And may we truly, throughout this entire year, learn to be a thankful people. I pray for our church. I pray that your spirit would just rest upon our church, not just ours. Father, we pray for every church in our, in our town, in our county. I pray that your spirit would rest upon them, that you would give them growth, you would give them uh, health, prosperity in the sense of being able to carry out your mission 
And so bless them. Thank you for all the people in our community that preach your word and reach people and touch their lives. May they live wisely. Keep scandal out of the churches in our town and our county and help our leaders to be faithful to you. Thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for Jesus. And may you burden our heart for another person this year that we can share Jesus with, that he might change and transform their life. Give us the strength and the courage and the opportunity to do this for your name's sake, because you are worthy. And I praise you, and I bless you, and I do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, today, I want to read something to you. And by the way, Zach's going to sing. After that, if you're not a, a member of Trinity and you don't want to stay for our financial meetings, we only have one business meeting a year, by the way, unless there's an emergency. That is to approve the money that you give to this church. And we do that intentionally and on purpose because we have to have your authority before we do any spending or any ministry. So if you don't want to stay for that, after this song's over, you're free to go. I want you to know something, though, and please hear me. We are thankful for your presence. And one of the things I can say about Trinity is, is this. We have a caring, friendly church body, church family, that loves other people. And so if you're looking for a place to find in 2024 to be to be committed or to be faithful or to be challenged or plugged in, please give us a shot. Try us for three weeks. The preaching is the sorriest thing here when I'm here, but the rest of it, all the people are wonderful, okay? And uh, they're great. So thank you so much for coming. But Numbers chapter 6, stand with me for a moment. This is what the priests in Israel used to say to the people after they would leave the temple. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make His face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance and may He give you His peace. May He give you His peace. God bless you.